of now hiring. Now hiring. Can you all say that with me? Now hiring. Now hiring. Interesting thought, now hiring. I see all of you here, you're dressed to impress. If I didn't know better, I would have thought you were going out for a job interview straight after you. Going, you know what, i got my best clothes on. I'm about to make sure I nail this job interview because I want to work and get paid a lot of money, right? When you want to go for a job interview, you're dressed to impress. You don't come in your trackies. You come in your best formal attire to see God, God open up those doors of favor and get a job. Who loves who love their job at Macca's? Half the youth group works at Macca's. No, they don't love it. Yeah, they love it when the pay when the pay comes through. <laughs> so, for those that have a Bible, go to the book of one Samuel, chapter thirteen. Not Second Samuel, too far. First Samuel, chapter thirteen. Uh, yeah, Samuel episode one. Is where we want to go to. Samuel episode one, chapter thirteen, and we're going to read verses nineteen to twenty. This is. Um, I guess one of the most memorable scripture verses of the Bible in my life, and uh, I get to share it today. So there was no blacksmiths in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistines wouldn't allow them for fear they would make swords and spears for the Hebrews. Now we'll just pause there to break it down a little bit for us so we understand what this means. So the land of Israel uh, is, is a place because there's a, a, a man called Jacob, right? So then Jacob had a lot of kids, a lot of ancestors, uh, or descendants, I should say. Jacob was the, the ancestor of the descendants. And Jacob's name became Israel. And so then all of these many children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren became a nation, and that nation was called Israel, and occupied this land that we're talking about. And then Jacob was a Hebrew. So that's just to make sense of it for us. So Jacob comes Israel, Jacob was a Hebrew, and so the land that the Israelites lived in, lots of people were Hebrews because they lived in it. So that, trying to make sense of that. Verse 20 says, so whenever the Israelites needed to sharpen their plowshares, picks, axes, or sickles, they had to take them to the Philistine blacksmiths. Pause again. So it was an agricultural environment. They, ha- they had all their farming tools. When the farming tools went blunt, they had to go to the enemy, the Philistines, to have their blunt tools sharpened to be able to work again. Verse 21, the charges were as follows. A quarter of an ounce of silver for the sharpening of a plowshare or a pick. An eighth of an ounce for sharpening an, o- an axe or making the point of an ox goad. So on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except for Saul and Jonathan. And so Saul was the king. And Jonathan was his oldest son. Wow, very interesting. No one had weaponry except for the king and the son on the day of battle. Can we just close our eyes one more time? I'm going to pray and then uh, just believe God can speak to us. So Jesus, right now, we just thank you for the year that we've had in you for 2022. And we just believe, God, that everything we've learned, everything that we've received, you were able to do far more in our lives in the next few years. And God, we just pray that it wouldn't just be knowledge that flows in, but it would be something that changes us on the inside. And so we thank you that the word is alive, that you gave us a Bible to speak to us, help disciple us, and help us be the best humans that we can be. And we just give you all the praise for the the things that, the celebrations that we've had this year. And we just believe that better is going to come next year in 2022. And all of the disciples here said, 
Amen, we agree. I, I love that account, and, and it's, a, it's quite an interesting story, and I will um, we'll sort of break it down a little bit more for us. But there's that interesting line there on verse 22, on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear. On the day of battle. If you're going to take notes again, that's something I really would like you to uh, make a note of. On the day of battle. So warning, alert. The Israelites had to defend their land in which they occupied. The Israelites had this land and they said, well, this is our territory. And as the battle came, they said, well, people want to occupy what's ours. People want to come in and, and take what belongs to us. And they had to have a battle that says, no, actually, you're not going to steal my family inheritance. You're not going to steal the land in which my kids are going to live on. And they had to have a battle to say, no, we're going to hold our ground because this area, this territory belongs to me and my family. And so then on the day, when the day of battle came, the enemy, the Philistines, wanted to steal and rob the territory. And so we've got to understand then that in our life, we will face battles. The Israelites face a physical, literal battle over land, and there's territory that you occupy. There's land, in a sense, that you occupy, and there's an enemy that wants to come and take that away from you. There's favor over Amy's life, and there's an enemy that wants to say, you know what, I want to take that favor away from your life. There's favor on Belle's life, and there's an enemy that wants to come and say, Belle, I want to steal and rob from you what God has promised you, right? And so John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy. If you read the context of John chapter 10, it's talking about sheep and a shepherd, and it says that there's uh, thief people want to come and steal the sheep because they don't have the best interest in life for the sheep. And we've got to understand as Jesus' sheep, as God's sheep, there's a thief that wants to steal and rob our lives. And we've got to, but we've got to understand them. it's not if the battle comes, it's when the battle comes, and on the day of battle, do we have what's required? And there's a great quote from a pastor in our nation called Brian Houston, and, the, and uh, it's going to be on the screen. He says this, The easy way to learn is from others' mistakes. The hard way is from your own mistakes. And the tragic way is not learning from either. Ooh, that's interesting. I'm going to say it again. The easy way to learn is from others' mistakes. Who wants to learn from others' mistakes? I've seen what they did. I'm not going to touch a hot, hot stove. I've seen what they did. I'm not going to bite into a lemon, right? You can, that's the easy way. The tragic, the hard way to learn is from your own mistakes. You bite in a lemon and go, yuck, I'm not doing that again. You put your hand on the hot stove. Ooh, I'm not going to touch that again. And the tragic way is to you do it, see someone else do it, and you do it again. That's the tragic way. Why would you not learn from your mistakes? And so we've just learned a situation from Israel and them not having blacksmiths. And what way are we going to learn? Are we going to learn it the easy way and take notes from them? Are we going to learn the hard way and make the same issue ourselves? Or are we going to do the tragic way and not learn at all? That's for us to decide after tonight. So the enemy, the Philistines, had the military advantage. They had the monopoly of advanced weapon manufacturing. Does anyone know the game Monopoly? Anyone played Monopoly? Monopoly is this game here. Uh, who likes playing with the, you put the tax in the middle and you land on um, free parts and you get it? Who likes those rules? Yes, ha cash it in, safety I'll take that, ka-ching. So Monopoly, right, for those that have played it, who's ever won Monopoly? Oh, so we understand, we understand. So obviously the way Monopoly works is you want to get 
all possessions owned by you. You want to be the last person standing. You want to have all the assets, all the property to win. So that's what, so if you do economics at school or business studies, you learn about this term of a monopoly and a monopoly is an organization or a business that has the full market share. So an example could be if there's only one church in Port Lincoln, they would be the monopoly because they're the only, if you want to go to a church, that's the only one you can go to. So one heart church would be the monopoly church because there's many churches in Port Lincoln. If there was only, say you got, you got the um, supermarkets, you got like Woolworths, Coles or Drake's, if you only had one, one would be the monopoly because they're the only one that you can buy from. And we could talk about any other business. So a monopoly is when you're the only business or company that has the full share. So the Philistines, the enemy of Israel, had the monopoly of advanced warfare machinery. They had the blacksmiths. So it was like, uh, if you needed a little sword or weapon, you had to go to the enemy, and they're not going to go, well, we're enemies. We're not going to make you weapons because it's not how it works. So they had the monopoly. And so um, the Philistines had this monopoly with the blacksmiths, and they didn't just have the advantage. They controlled the production of weaponry. So it's interesting. So not only did they have superior weaponry, they controlled the, the, the production to not let the enemy have the same standard of warfare machinery. And say so, uh, they knew what it was to forge metal. A blacksmith forges metal, and they knew what it was to forge weaponry. And so uh, I want you to just, in your imagination's eye, however you get to that, the day of battle arrives in Israel. So who's seen Mulan, the movie? And, and they like, you know, they do the draft. It's like, we've got these, these people coming in to take our territory. And then she goes, well, I'm going to go fight for my dad, right? So the, day, the draft day comes, and there's two options. There's two options here. Option A is they say, all right, come on, bro. You've got to fight and defend the motherland. And they say, the weapons are supplied, or they say, BYO weapon, right? That's your two options. You've been drafted to the army. It's either BYO weapon, bring your own, or it's, We've supplied you the weapons. Either way, the Philistines are cashed in. So it's like the Philistines, you've been drafted to the army, and they're like, yep, all right, BYO sword. Or they go to the army, and they go, they're handing them out, sword, sword, sword. So the Philistines have got their BYO sword. Let's go. Let's um, kill our enemies, right? So that's the Philistines. They've come into the battle, and they're like, their blacksmiths are like, here you go, sword, 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 sword. Fantastic. Then it's the Israelites. Then we go to the other side of the country, to the the, the, the goodies, the Israelites. And then it's like BYO sword or BYO or we'll supply it. So they start bringing their own swords. They got no blacksmith. So what do they do? They find the nearest tree and find a stick, right? Oh, this is well, all right, here's my sword. I, I better go. <laughs> like, so the, the Israelites have got their sticks or whatever they can muster in battle. Now, I don't know about you, what side do you want to be on in the battle? I do not want to be on the, Phil- on the Israelites' stick team. I want to be on the Philistines' sword team. So here's a truth for you that you've got to understand. Sticks are for marshmallows, swords. Put that on your pillow. <laughs> My sticks are for marshmallows, not swords. One youth is now hiring blacksmiths, right? Blacksmiths in the natural 
forge metal, they forge weapons. Blacksmiths in the spiritual forge advanced weaponry. And so I don't want you to be an individual that relies on other blacksmiths that will go, well, I'm going to rely on Pastor Claire. I'm going to rely on Chloe. Right? You need to know what it is for yourself to forge in the spirit a sword that has no comparison to a stick. Too often in life, we go around going, this is my Christian faith. It looks cool. does nothing. You've got to go, no, I've got the real deal that that stick has nothing to do, can come nowhere near close to my sword, right? People agree with that. And so, yeah, I don't want you to be an individual that relies on other blacksmiths. I want you to be your own and have your own faith. So let's look at the Bible, right? This book here. These are some stories that we can hear. My youth pastor reads me the Bible at youth. Fantastic. Uh, my leader reads me the Bible at youth. We have our release nights. Great. I listen to a Bible podcast. Awesome. I watch the Bible project on YouTube. Great choice. I love watching The Chosen. Good. That's great as well. Season three is coming out. You know, nice story. But that secondhand faith, the Israelites did that. And on the day of battle, they had sticks, right? They had sticks because they didn't have blacksmiths. And so we got to learn from the Israelites. We go, no, we, it's great to come to youth and hear preaching. It's great to listen to podcasts. But when's the time come where you get your blacksmith on and go, God, I want to hear from you today. God, I'm going to open up my Bible and seek you and let you speak to me because that's how you forge your weapons of truth in your life. It's by when you dig into it for yourself. Prayer. Oh, they pray for the schools at youth. Awesome. Uh, we pray in a circle at youth. Great. Uh, uh, where I've lost my point there. Uh, my mum prays for me. That's great as well. My grandfather prays for me. Awesome. Nice story. That second-hand faith. And the Israelites did that. And on the day of battle, they had sticks, not swords. And one youth, we're going to be a generation where we're not stick carriers, we're sword carriers, and we know what it is to pray. We know what it is to get on our knees and say, God, we're, we're believing you to see a miracle in my friend's life. We're believing you for, the, for your guidance in my life and not just my own ideas. And so um, I really believe we're called to be a sword generation, not a stick generation. One youth, you in this building, you're called to be a generation of blacksmiths. Not Because there's, two, there's, two, there's three options there. You can either go, well, we, we don't have no blacksmiths. We have no one that can teach us the Bible. We've got no one to teach us to pray. Or we have the second option where there's a blacksmith where you're reliant on their faith. Or the third option, the best option is you be a blacksmith and then you're not reliant on anybody. And that you're going, what? I can hear from God. I can read the Bible. And yes, we still have leaders. And yes, it's still good to have people that help us. But that's not where our faith is ended. Our faith is built on wells that we've dug on our own. And I really believe that for your life, that when tough times come, when good times come, doesn't matter. You have the ability to make swords when the battle comes. And so it's great your friend prays. It's nice that your friend reads the Bible. That can be helpful. And, and it helps us a lot. But the Israelites learnt the hard way, and you can't rely on others. And so it's convenient to rely on someone else to sharpen your weapons. It's it convenient to get someone else to sharpen your, your work tools, but on the day of battle, do you carry a sick stick or a sword? I want to be a sword carrier, not a stick carrier. And so um, 
You need to read your Bible daily. It's a lie. It's the truth. It's God's voice. I don't hear God speaking to me. Open up the Bible, and that is God. That is God talking to you. It, it doesn't have to be a, hello, I see you down there. Like, great if that happens, but he's, this has, he's done that to people, so we have this book, so we can hear from him. This is his story of love to us, and it helps guide us. Um, you, we need to be people of prayer. You've got to be a person of prayer. Jesus' name is the ultimate authority. When we say in the name of Jesus, he has the ultimate authority over everything in our lives. It's not just something cool to say or the dot point at the end in the name of Jesus, amen. No, it's, his name has the ultimate authority over everything in our life. You've got to know what it is to stir up your heavenly language and build yourself up and pray and use that encrypted heaven encryption language straight to our Father in heaven. You've got to pray that stuff. Um, you need to know what it is to fast. Fasting shouldn't be a foreign idea, but it should be a common practice. Where you go, you know what, I'm just going to avoid my food today. I'm going to avoid this meal today and create a place where I can just seek God. Because I need God in my life more than I need the food and nourishment of my body. Without food, we perish. But we go, God, we need you far more than the food we eat. So fasting should be something that you do on a common, regular basis. You need to be a worshipper. What's worshipping? It's God first. Financially, physically, what we got vocally, body, dance, whatever it is. We go, God, we're a worshipper because we don't want to have a stick. We want the sword. And I want to finish on this last. This is probably, it, if it's not my favorite part of the Bible, it's right up there. Acts 19, verses 13 to 16. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. Exorcism. That's pretty cool. So demons. Demons are getting cast out by these group of people. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. As I just said before, the name of Jesus has power. So the name of Jesus, because when people understand his authority, demons go, he's the boss, we submit, and we flee, right? Verse 14, this is where it gets, this is where the soul uh, comes into it. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they, were, they fled from the house naked and battered. Lucky we don't have a video of this because that's the R rated. Um, but what a crazy situation where these people have seen a formula, they've seen a pattern of going, oh, in the name of Jesus, we pray and then demons flee and it's worked. But there comes a time where copying someone else's pattern didn't work. Why? Because when they came to a real enemy, they had a stick, not a sword. The seven sons of Sceva had a stick face. Oh, well, it, it looked, it's, it's, it's long, it's pointy, it looks like a sword. No, they had a stick for marshmallows. And that demon was like, oh, you think I'm a marshmallow, do you? No, I'm not. And so they needed to have the real authority of the name of Jesus, like Paul had. He said, well, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but who are you? Because Paul would say, in the name of Jesus, come out, and they flee. Because Paul had the sword. Paul had the real deal. Paul was a spiritual blacksmith where he knew what it was to pray. And he knew what it was to seek God. He knew what it was to have the authority of heaven in his life, that when a real legitimate attack of the enemy came, 
It wasn't let's flee and be naked. It was we stand our ground and the demon flees naked. So what faith do we want, my friends? A stick faith that we can use it as a sword, but it's no sword. Or do we have the real deal sword faith where when the enemy comes, we stand our ground and we go, we win, we lose, ka-chow, ta-ta. All right? So to ice this cake, sticks can look like swords, but on the day of battle, it is exposed. It's easy to worship when life is easy, but what about when life sucks? How do you worship then? It's easy to give an offering after you went shopping with what's left. What about giving before you go shopping? Ooh, it's easy to pray that things are nice, but what about when things don't make sense to God? If you just got a stick, it will be exposed in the tough times. If you got the sword, the tough times won't dictate your weaponry. And so I want us to do a job application today. And so uh, if you want to close your eyes just as a, a, a sign of not privacy, but just to be intimate with you and God right now, with the Father, and you might go, oh, uh, now you've seen the advertisement, now applying. One youth, blacksmiths wanted. And you might go, oh, I want to put my hand up for that job. I want, I, I want that payout. I don't just want the ability to make money. I want the ability to manufacture and have skills. If that's you, you can go, you know what, just tonight, I want to be a blacksmith. I want to be the person that knows what it is to forge a weapon. Why don't you raise your hand out of a, a thing between you and Jesus and say, Jesus, that's me. I want to be a blacksmith for you. I want to be the person that knows what it is to forge a spiritual weapon. And I'll pray for you. I see that hand. Fantastic. And I'm going to pray for that person that raised their hand and say, you know what, that's me. I want to be a sword maker, not a stick carrier. So, Father, if you're hiring blacksmiths, we throw our hands in the ring. And God, we, you see these hands right now that have said, that's me. I don't want to just uh, be a stick carrier. I want to be a sword maker that has the authority, the, the, the capacity to endure the tough times in life. And so uh, we want to be spiritually equipped for the day of battle and not reliant on the faith of or the example of others. And God, we just want to right now thank you for every leader in our lives, every person that's uh, deposited faith into our lives. We honor them. We want to pray, God, that you bless them for their deposit to us. But God, if that's all we got, we want more. We want to use that and take it further. God, I pray that you would make the Bible come alive to us. It says that it's alive, but may it come alive to us. May we hear your voice so clearly. God, may we pray and see miracles take place. Because we're not just talking to a wall, but we're talking to our creator. And ultimately, we want to uh, mature into self-manufacturers. And God, we just pray that over our lives, that you would help us be a self-manufacturer, not a copier of everybody else. And everybody said, finally, amen. Great.